back to For Folk's Sake. My name is Paige, and today I am surrounded by three very special women in my life, Allie Jo Venz, Angie Bradley, and Allison Wilson. And today we've decided that we're going to talk about workplaces. All four of us have pretty unique perspectives when it comes to workplaces. So I thought that this would be a great opportunity to do my first For Folk's Sake roundtable. And I'm really excited. So, ladies, we'll go around the table and say a fun fact about yourself. I'm just joking. Oh, gosh. These are the warning. <laughs> Name, age, average income. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm And like, a fun oh. fact. So we'll do, Allie, you go first. And we'll just do, like, your current work situation. So then that way we kind of have, like, a workplace vibe. <clears throat> good base knowledge. I'm Allie Joe. I'm 25, and I'm currently recruiting for a airline. I'm Angie. I'm 38. Oh, my God. Am I 38? Yeah. <laughs> I have to, like, think about it. I always forget. I'm 38, and I am just getting back into the workforce outside of my home in the first for the first time in 16 years. Over 16 years. Crazy. I'm Allison, and I am an active duty officer in the Army, and I'm currently 30 weeks pregnant. Good addition. I'm Paige, and I obviously go to school and, like, work from home, and then the job I have, I'm a TA for the genetics department, and that is from home as well. So I only do that for online students. So four very unique um, work experiences right now. So I'm super excited. This should be very interesting, honestly. I'm yeah. excited to see what you throw out here. I'm excited to hear everybody's perspective on the topics to come. <laughs> but I wanted to start this week. I put on my story, I asked for anonymous, like workplace horror stories. Yes. I thought that maybe we could just like kick it off with some spice. Oh, I love it. Bring it. So, the first one. One morning, I entered my office and found a nipple cover, and it was not mine. Still a mystery. Where, okay, <laughs> there are so many questions. <laughs> there are so many questions about the nipple cover, but... Right. That's all they gave you? Yeah, like, I wanted to ask, was it, like, the chicken cutlet yeah. adhesive? <clears throat> yeah. Or was it, like, a decorative... Yes. ...holographic... Yes. Peace. Yeah. And where exactly? What kind of workplace are <laughs> yes. we talking about? Yes. What's your workplace? There is office. Yes. But I mean, do do strip clubs have offices? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's true. Manager. I. They are anonymous, so I won't say anything about the individual, but I do not think that the individual has a history in sex work. Okay. Where was the other one? Too? Yeah. Where and that's also just my other question. I was like, wait a minute. Only one? And did the person that lost the first, the one of them, like, go home and be like, where I wore this to work. Yeah. It is somewhere at my workplace. Also, why are you wearing a nipple cover to, to the work? work? Maybe they had gone to a rave. And they, <laughs> it was a late night before they went into work. And the next morning it was like, a, forgot to set the alarm, forgot to remove the nipple cover from the night before. But even if the nipple f cover fell off of the nipple, wouldn't it still be contained within a bra or a shirt? And it was taken oh. out. 
It was taken out. But that means that somebody was in your office. Okay, can we just ask this anonymous person (laughs) to do a follow-up? Because there are a lot of questions on the table. (laughs) Okay, yeah. We can we'll do a follow-up and we'll do like an edited to date on the episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. This one. My boss didn't know that I was contracted to work from 8.30 to 4.30, and he blew up on me one day thinking that I was coming in late every single day for the last few months on Valentine's Day. I spent half my day crying, the most toxic work environment I've ever been in. Oh, no. Well, first of all, that's a terrible boss if you don't even know what time you're employed. And if he thought she was coming in for weeks and months, is that what she said? Months. Months. Like, months. And you don't say anything and then yeah. you just like blow up. And then you're like, Valentine's Day? Like, clearly he was. I did follow up a little bit with this person. It sounds like it was quite the. Mm-hmm. The work environment. Poor experience. <laughs> that's a bummer. That is a bummer. Sounds like a lame boss. Yes. <laughs> but also, who's writing the schedule? <laughs> That's a good point, too. And why, like you said, why did it take months for there to be, like, a conversation of, you should probably... And before blowing up on someone, why wouldn't he have fo- he or she have followed up and been like, let's see what your schedule actually is, instead of... Sounds like a bad boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like somebody needs to be fired. <laughs> And not the girl that's coming in on time. <laughs> Maybe a restructuring of the oh, management mm-hmm, hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Asked if going to the bathroom was my best use of time. Uh, I would be like, yes. <laughs> uh, short answer, yeah. <laughs> you want me to crap my pants at my desk? No? Okay. <laughs> I guess it depends. If the bathroom makes 30 minutes, I don't know. That's a little expensive. That's a good point. <laughs> Follow-up question. How long is your typical bathroom break? <laughs> You know what I did notice? This is something I, I noticed in, now that I'm back in the workforce is like the the bathrooms provided at my facility are single stall bathrooms. So it's like, I mean, not even stall, like it's a room. So I think of like most my previous work experience was like stalls within a larger bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like very individual room, one toilet, go in one door Do you know what I mean? So to me, that's kind of like takes away that opportunity to like waste time in the restroom. Right. And I was like, ah, they are so smart. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever designed this was really smart because they thought about people taking bathroom breaks and like exorbitantly long restroom breaks. Right. And if you're in the bathroom in in a one room, one toilet situation... And you're in there for a while, like, I'm not going to go in after you because clearly (laughs) you have IBS. Clearly something went down and I'm going to avoid it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's hard to like blame that on anyone else either. Because like, what if you're the person who like took too long in the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. This one's pretty good. Button down shirt burst open when I stretched my arms out. While talking to my new boss. This was sent by a female. (laughs) Imagine you're like talking and you're just like, so. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But time out. The only thing that could make that even worse is she's missing a nipple. (laughs) That's exactly what I was saying. And she bursts up and she only has one nipple cover. What a strong the mystery is. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my god. That's fine. The, 
the this the mystery of the nipple cover has been <laughs> figured out. Oh, jeepers! I feel like if it was like a seasoned coworker, that'd be one thing because it'd be like, ah, we've known each other for six months, but a new boss, <laughs> oh, and you're gosh. just like, dang it, that poor boss too. <laughs> like, ah, uh, what do you do in that situation? Right. Okay. So this one I saved for last, and I just received a large mm. update as well. Okay. So this one is the big kahuna. <laughs> okay. I can't I can't even wait. Okay. Yeah. I picked the top five. Oh. I had like 15. Oh, well, God, we're going to have to talk about the other ones after. That's what I was saying. I was. That's why I said, like, do you guys have HR? Because some of these, I'm like, <laughs> this is just downright, like, Awful. inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got a call from HR asking if I saw my manager and coworker in the warehouse. I said no. And she was like, we got your call though. I'm just calling to confirm. And I'm like, WTF? That wasn't me who called in. I don't know about those two hooking up. The manager started being standoffish, but I didn't think much of it. Ironically, he was the one who told me that I had the HR phone call to begin with. I hung up and told him to watch out in case she asked me. And he was like, wait, you didn't call? I said, no. Who did y'all work with last? Turns out someone caught them and tried to act like called in the HR with the story. They eventually found out who was calling. Wait, they found out who the caller was eventually and they swore it was a lie. Six months later, he relocated and she went with him and they announced their relationship. The girl and manager who were supposedly caught were in a relationship for two years and showed up as each other's dates to a wedding. The wedding of the actual person who called HR on them. What? <laughs> is that not wild? I mean, I don't even know what to say. First off, yeah, let's start. I've there. been thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like you should have prepped it. You could have given this to me a few hours ago and I could have at least been thinking about it. Well, I've been thinking about it for 36 okay, hours. Yeah. First off, I do not understand the appeal of having a sexual interaction in a workplace. To me, that just seems anxiety inducing i feel the same way about a bathroom on an airplane (laughs) (laughs) bathroom on an airplane sex at work i mean high anxiety (laughs) high anxiety lots of room for mishap yeah i mean just not appealing not appealing at all what do you think, Allison? You're in the army. I'm, I'm sure I'm there's a lot to of. Imagine myself getting a call at my desk and somebody saying, "Hey, did you report your boss having sex with someone?" <laughs> I wouldn't know what to say. Hmm. So I think the more the more important probably issue was that it was a senior manager yeah. with an employee. Ah, oh, power dynamic. Because had it been an employee and an employee or like same level. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think there would have been such an issue, maybe. Right. Well, not as much because. Yeah, well, wait, yeah, HR. HR. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Allie. <laughs> okay, Allie. Let's say that this happens at your airline. What would you do? Um. Well, like Angie said, it's, it's definitely an issue because of the different levels of roles. So even a relationship is kind of like an that can't happen especially if that person is like directly supervising that individual um if but, it's a manager just dating an employee but they're unrelated at the workforce at all like they don't take orders from them or they don't report up to them then a relationship doesn't matter i would say if they're still having sex at work that's an issue <laughs> but 
Especially if they're getting caught in the house. Staying together, they were obviously, they knew they were in the wrong, the manager and the employee, since they relocated. Right. I also feel like this is not the first story I've heard similar to this. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, what's your HR horror story? (laughs) (laughs) My very similar story. My ex um, boss at a coffee company. Pretty big coffee company. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder where it was. Um, Her, she was a manager and she started dating an employee and it was kind of hush-hush for a while. And then they, um, she ended up having to leave the company and go manage a different company because of her sexual relation with a coworker. And people were starting to like catch Catch on on. to the hints Mm -hmm. that they were like. But she was the manager? She was the manager. Whoever's lower level in the relationship, you can leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you feel like. Think. I'm like I'm farther. Mm-hmm. Why don't you find a new job? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good point. Thank you. Yeah. So they ended up both relocating. They ended up getting married. They ended up having children. And even more tea is that husband ended up sleeping with one of his coworkers at his new job. Mm-hmm. So then they ended up getting a divorce, and he ended up getting with the new girl at the new job. So. So it's a habitual yeah. workplace. <laughs> I wonder if they're just like interested in people in the work because it's like a certain environment yeah you're with that person every day right because you're like oh this isn't supposed to be happening yeah and then you learn where <laughs> the security cameras are and you learn where the hidden areas Starts are to become and kind of yeah. adventurous mm-hmm. and like a thrill yeah, that's but, why i've heard about affairs too that's like why people like to have affairs is because it's like such a thrill and yeah it's like sneaky yeah. exciting right adventure and spice to your life or whatever that makes sense hmm. It's logical. Until you get caught and then you have to move states and get a new job. <laughs> and then you're filled with shame. Yeah. yeah. And your family's ish. I am more interested in the fact that people are having relationships in places like warehouses or airplane bathrooms. <laughs> you can't wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it the secret sauce anticipation? I think it's just scandalous. I think yeah. it's all about just like scandalous. Like let's, you know, people, some people are weird into that. Like, yeah, that's true. But also, what type of warehouse? You know what I mean? Paper warehouse. Okay, not what? so bad. The warehouse. Yeah. Army warehouse. Like, like a Costco. Yeah. Are we talking about Thunder Mifflin? Yeah. <laughs> They do have a bed. I give you guys seen the office. Yeah, yeah. they have the bed up there. Yeah. Is that what you were thinking? I was thinking like, didn't it say they were having? Oh my god. Okay, I also need a follow up on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Further follow up. Yeah, we're gonna need some follow ups <clears throat> to all of these, especially nipple cover girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many. We're gonna need a big follow up to that. <laughs> Ali, how would you approach that situation if someone came to you and was like, "I saw." Homegirl and homeboy in the lounge, saucing it up. <laughs> what would you even do after you hid your dismay? Um, that's a great question. Since I've never been in like a managerial position, um, I would probably, depending how close I was to that person, I'd probably be like, give me some tea first because that's just like what is going on. But then from an HR compliance standpoint, I would have to obviously tell my boss be like yeah but what if they're like you handle it you go talk to these two people who got caught having relations like how would you have that conversation maybe like i honestly would try my very best to delegate it to a different hr 
member <laughs> and be like, I can't do this. Mm-mm. And unfortunately, I think it's kind of common in workplaces, especially like coffee. Big coffee chains. Um, <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard of s- stuff like that happening. It's also not the first time I've heard of it happening in the army. No. Well, as <laughs> everybody knows, it's a big no-no to have an affair <laughs> in the military. Um, especially if it's one of your higher-ups, too, and like an enlisted soldier. Big no-no. Ruins lots of people's lives. Investigations conducted. You know. Yeah, don't they get like, um, like the judicial... System court martial, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I've heard of that before. Where like some wives will find out that their husbands are having an affair, they're like, "I'm calling Jag on you." Yes, it happens so much. Honestly, it's kind of yeah. sad. So I will say one thing that I'm really worried about going back to work or like getting an out of the house job once I'm done with my degree is having that like visible gap mm-hmm. in my resume. Mm-hmm. Preach. Preach. <laughs> yeah, I I feel you there. It's hard to know what to even put in there because it's not even like you're not working. You know, you're obviously very dedicated to school. You, for instance, are very dedicated to school and like your life is consumed by school. And and I will say, and I've told you this before, like you are the most studious person I've ever met in my life. Like very serious about school. Oh, don't cry. I'm oh, not okay. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. It's a bad uh, <laughs> But um, I think at least you can have something to put in there in your gap to show that, like, you were doing school. Whereas, um, like, in for instance, in mine, how do I say or, like, what do I fill in for this gap of space for 16 years where I didn't really have a out-of-the-house job? Because in itself, motherhood is a full-time very intense job. And so really, I, I did ask my mom, who was a, who's managed a lot over her, the course of her career. It's like, how do you, how does an employer even look at this? And she's like, well, I think you really have to like play it up and be like, you know, um, in my cover letter, I really talked a lot about my past positions. But then I said, you will notice there is, I, I just very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like very upfront about, yes, there was a large gap in my resume, but that's when I was employed in probably my hardest position as a mom that made me the multitasker that I am now, the scheduler, the easy to, yes. Like my mom came through with like a very solid, like acknowledge it, but then like, how did, what did you do during that time? And how does it make you a better employee because of that? So even like with you, Paige, with this gap of school you or you know this gap in your resume you could always go back and say like yes you'll see this gap in my resume however I was very dedicated to an intense program I completed it in like the shortest amount of time as possible yeah you know what I mean like I I really challenged myself and because of that I've learned great time management skills I've been able to write I mean seriously though if you think about it time management um, how to really dive into something, get something done on a schedule, a uh, plan. I mean, right. I guess those are all like time management pieces, but still pretty applicable. I mean, mm-hmm. HR and well, when you, if you, Allie, saw a resume with a gap that is as considerable as Angie's, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, I see a lot of posts on LinkedIn that talk about how that is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know 
there's a lot of workplaces, a lot of people are trying to bring that to light, that it, it shouldn't matter if someone has a gap in their work experience. Or like Angie said, saying why you had a gap right away. Some people have to take care of their sick parents for two years because they had cancer, and that shouldn't disqualify them just because they didn't work for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So the roles that I hire for now are very customer service oriented. So I get a lot of people that are moms coming back to work. Mm -hmm. I have people who were retired for the last four years and just kind of want a side gig so they're not bored at home all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important from an HR standpoint to look at these resumes with empathy because I know that they're capable of doing the job. I run into a lot of issues with hiring managers that look at that gap right away and dismiss people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but why? Just because they haven't, especially with COVID, a lot of people haven't worked in the last couple of years, period. Yeah. So you're only going to hire people that were able to keep a job for the last couple of years? That's not fair. Is so, that a common bias in HR? It's like gap resumes? I, I think it depends on the role. Um, because I, like I said, hire for customer service facing roles. Um, some people haven't worked in a while. And to me, I appreciate quality candidates over paper resumes and even personally not having the best work experience or like on paper I don't look like the best candidate someone could have but that doesn't mean I am not the best candidate that they could have Mm -hmm. so I try to look at that when I look at resumes personally and I try and teach those boundaries to the hiring managers Mm -hmm. right and I think it's a good point that you make um that especially in like a customer service field is like customer service people or representatives are very particular people. You can't just hire anybody to do a customer service role. So discrediting someone or or discounting their ability to do a job simply because of a gap, like really could be doing you a huge disservice because maybe that person has fantastic customer service skills that ultimately are like way better than someone that's been employed at Joe Schmo for five years or whatever, you know, like, yeah. yeah. I think people look too much, especially coming from an HR standpoint, I think people look too much into what the qualifications are. I hire for a lot of jobs that only require two years of customer service experience. Mm -hmm. And if they got those two years, 10 years ago, they're still qualified applicants. I think people forget that. Um, just because they hadn't worked in the last 10 years mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they completely lost their sense of touch with customer service skills or even other skills. Mm-hmm. Right. I found that too. Like when I was applying for this position that I just got, I, I was like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to get this job because I felt like I was severely underqualified. And then it turns out that like the field of candidates that applied, I was definitely the best candidate. And so where I thought I lacked and was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get this job. It actually turned out that, <laughs> you know, even though my I felt like I was just, dis- I comparatively to the other applicants, like I was way more qualified. So it was just like, holy crap, I got this amazing job just for putting myself out there and like not, it's just like taking ownership of a, of a gap in employment. Luckily, my employer also was like, Ali said, was like super empathetic and understanding of the fact that like, you know, it stands for something that to still be doing something during your gap of employment. Right. So. Because you're also, I think there's like that culture where it's like 
so anyone who stops working for any period of time just automatically like can't ever get a job again <laughs> like is that really that two years you didn't work out of the other 16 that you did discredits <laughs> your ability to do anything <laughs> it like uh cancels it out yeah and we have miss allison who's pregnant too so it's like um while you will get maternity leave it's also i don't know are you like nervous to take a break from work or like a gap in work I would say I am nervous it's been a pretty positive um pregnancy so far in the army I think the army's come a long way in well women in the workforce in the army first of all um because I'm still in like a male dominated job you could say so to go back to your question of taking leave I'm excited to take leave, but also that means that somebody else is going to have to cover down for me. And I hate that. <laughs> Someone else has to do your job yeah. for you while you're gone. But I do, I, the army has been, I, I was surprised at how generous they are with like leave for spouses of new parents on both sides of the gender aisle. Like, you know, they're very, very generous to the female Mm-hmm. Uh, soldiers, but also like male soldiers get a good chunk. What is of maternity? It? Yes. Uh, well, mothers get, or the primary caregiver, as uh, they call it now, you mm-hmm. get three months, which is pretty pretty decent. You know, it's not mm-hmm. bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fop, well, you can't really say father, do you? you say, like, <laughs> the secondary um, caretaker. <laughs> um, it went from ten days paternity leave to twenty one days, and I think it's changing to three months as well but don't quote me on it i've heard <laughs> 10 so days yeah, 10 can days you imagine 10 days being like here's your kid now are you <laughs> even like fully off of the drugs that they put you on for <laughs> <laughs> they're like I-, I know you've been pumped with some drugs i'm going back to work yeah. yeah have fun with this baby <laughs> sorry but he's got a report <laughs> yeah and what really is going on at work that's so important that they have to go back yeah. a valid question mm-hmm. valid question do you think it's harder going back to work after you've had children? I definitely think yes, because I think um, especially when you're trying to be cognizant and like with your children and uh, work around schedules, like finding an employer that can empathize and accommodate you and work around you. Again, that's one of those things where you're it's like hesitant to even bring it up. You know, in right. like my job interviews, I was really hesitant, but um, I was like, you know, that's that's my important. It'll come. The job will come eventually. I've just got to be really honest about like this is this is my whole deal. Is I still want to be with my kids as much as I can. This is all I my their schedule can afford me is to be working from this time to this time, and I will hold out till something accommodates my needs. And lucky for me. I did have to go through a couple interviews, but eventually I landed, like I said, that job that is super accommodating and push right now. Like I'm, I feel very fortunate for sure. When you look at applications, do you take into consideration their like outside life or if they have kids or anything like that? This is going to make me sound bad. No, not at all. We're having an open conversation. Because of the positions that I apply or not apply for, that I recruit for. Um, I mean, I hire for a call center position that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
Mm-hmm. And their schedules are bidding schedule based on the seniority, and they're brand new, so they're not really going to have a say. Bottom of the top, top yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have a say of what days and hours they're working, and they could have a six-month-old at home, and their shifts start at 1 a.m. until, mm-hmm. like, 8 a.m., and that's just, that's out of my control. Um, so I wish I could be accommodating for everyone. I have a lot of candidates that are like, well, can I work that 9 to 5 or that 7 to 3.30? Weekends that, off. <laughs> with weekends yeah. off or I want to work four tens a week. And I'm like, don't we all? Um, <laughs> right. That would be great. <laughs> and I wish I could accommodate for everyone. But because of a business need, I can't take that part into consideration. Right. What were you thinking? Because uh, your pregnancy was kind of planned, correct? If you can call it that, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't prevented. We'll just, we'll just call it that way. Yeah, it was ex- more expected than some. Did you take into consideration, like, planning it where you'd be like, okay, if we, and then, you know, and then we'd give birth at this time and that would kind of work in? Like, how much of your work schedule and your work life did you take into account when you started family planning? I guess family planning started like the day we got married, my husband and I, because we're both in the army. And so we knew that he would be away for half the year. I would be busy um, doing my army job. And then um, like in any position, you have to do your time in a specific um, job to promote. So thank God I got that part out of the way first so that Mm -hmm. I could be free to start family planning and have babies where I am now. Yeah. And have kind of that flexibi- more flexibility as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you wouldn't have uh, waited until you got your promotion, you'd have less flexibility because of your spot in the structure? Yeah. Mm. No, because you can't stop getting pregnant, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Female soldiers get pregnant all the time and um, life goes on. Their job is there, but they get kind of pushed to the side for desk work. Because they can't be outside on trucks working on them. They can't be going to shooting ranges. You become know a that. liability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Got two liabilities. <laughs> they can't be working with hazardous chemicals and hazardous waste. <laughs> Are their babies going to have three arms and one nipple? <laughs> one nipple cover. <laughs> Your experience with being female in the Army, not even just pregnant, just being a female in the Army, would you say that's been like pretty positive or? I think so. You know, I hate, deep down I hate saying, oh, it's because you're female. You know, <laughs> guys get the better job, things like that. But um, it is hard. Uh, you feel like you have to prove yourself. And even though you could bust your ass off day and night doing your job, your counterpart, male counterpart, could do just as good but still get, like, higher rankings than you. So it's a little frustrating. And that would be frustrating, especially because you're in such a male-dominated um, sector of it. I don't know if sector is like the right word either. Yeah, no, I think being a woman in the workplace is difficult. And I also think being younger in the workplace is individual challenge in itself. Mm-hmm. Allie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, once I started my sentence, I was like, mm, hmm. Um, coming from uh, an HR, I've, I've worked in HR for a couple years now. Um, I've only been 25 for not even six months. Um, so I started in HR probably back in, I don't know, when I was 22. I worked for the state for a while. 
But once I got more into the recruiting field of HR, I would notice that a lot of my coworkers are, you know, they range anywhere from, we'll say 28 to about 50. Large range. (laughs) Um, On average, most of them are in their mid to late 30s. Um, So anywhere from, you know, six to 15 years older than I am. And when I look at them, I don't look at myself as any different. I look at them as a coworker, but there's definitely been instances where I deal with hiring managers that don't take me as seriously because I'm younger. Um, when I first started at my new job recruiting for the airlines, there's multiple in- instances where I could just sense a lack of respect and I could tell that no matter the instructions I was giving them or the feedback or suggestions or like trying to partner with these hiring managers, they just were, they weren't having it. They just were kind of. It was like dismissive of you? Very dismissive. Um, I was also a little bit newer so I can understand where that hesitancy comes from. Mm-hmm. But then now I've been around a couple more months where there's instances where if I have a coordinator with me um, who's technically under me, even though I treat them that way the hiring managers will look at them or direct questions to them, look them in the eyes and act like I'm the coordinator and I'm not there, even though I'm the recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened on many occasions, which is also frustrating. And Do you mostly get it from men or women? Both. Mm-hmm. Um, and are these people that are assu- that are, are meeting you for the first time or who know you? Are they just assuming based on age that you're the senior or that you're not the senior and that the other person is the senior in, you know, your work structure? Um, is it just be based off of like appearance and they're just making that first judgment call from? The first time I met a group of hiring managers, I actually had flown down to Idaho and um, this was the first time they met me and the first time I met them mm-hmm. and I was by myself. So they knew I was the recruiter. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a recruiting coordinator with me, so came in making slight changes that they weren't comfortable with and things got better. But then if it's the first time a hiring manager is meeting me and I'm with my RC mm-hmm. um, recruiting coordinator, I can at least give them the benefit of the doubt of like, they're going to automatically assume because this person's older than me that they're the recruiter, which is fine until we establish a boundary of like, hi, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the recruiter. <laughs> yeah. Until we have an introduction. Yeah. Until formal. the first sentence comes out yeah, of my mouth. Formal. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in HR, too, like, all of our emails, all of our Microsoft Teams messages, like, mm-hmm. everyone is labeled by their job title. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, a couple months goes by, and I'm still sensing the dismissiveness, and I'm like, I am the recruiter, and the coordinator is just there to assist me with things that I need them to help me or, like, help schedule things. Mm-hmm. But... It's not their job to understand the environment. It's not their job to understand the workplace. It's not their job to, like, do interviews and mm-hmm. partner with you. Like, that's my job. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely been times where I've had upwards of six to ten events with the same hiring managers. And they are they will still, still, they don't want me to interview. They don't, I can just tell that there's a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I start to notice other biases in the workplace and, they don't like to hire people that are too young. I'm like, mm. there's an unconscious bias happening there. It's like a there. systemic thing. Yeah, and like, not not everyone obviously at HR is like that. Some of my hiring managers are amazing, but it's still a bias training that needs to be worked on, which I have obviously told my boss. I'm like, 
here's the problem. <laughs> There's an unconscious bias here, and I don't feel comfortable partnering with someone who's supposed to share the same goals and visions as me mm-hmm. at this shared airline mm-hmm. because... Your workplace culture should be inclusive of all ages and yeah. accepting. And and especially companies now are, you know, very much about inclusiveness. Yes. Good Very point. much about DEI. Mm-hmm. Very much about unconscious biases and understanding that they need to be eliminated. What's a DEI? Oh, sorry. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Which is great, but... Um, All the wonderful things if implemented. <laughs> if yeah, actually right. people properly follow, follow through with <laughs> <Yeah>. said training. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the point of having a training about inclusive, inclusivity if you're going to be exclusive? Yeah. Well, I mean, but we can also say, like, even these trainings that are given all the time. Like, what's the one that they give in the Army all the time about... Uh, sexual harassment and stuff. Yeah. That, um, sharp. Yeah. Sharps? Sharp. Yeah, Sharps. it's a whole department. And, I mean, don't you have to renew that like every year or something? And they still have problems with it. So, yes. Like, yeah, they got signs in the bathroom, stalls at the gym. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. call Sharp. <laughs> You're feeling uncomfy at work? Call Sharp. <laughs> like, I don't work, but can I still call them if I feel uncomfortable? <laughs> well, like, now I didn't feel uncomfortable before, but now I do. Yeah. Should <laughs> I be feeling uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. a bummer, Ellie. I'm sorry that you experienced that. That's it's really crummy. Yeah, because you definitely have, like... Um, good organizational skills like you have a lot of things that you would bring to the table in like a corporate hr environment so it's like kind of they're shooting themselves in the foot by Mm -hmm. having that bias anyway Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's it's yeah it's another one of those situations where it's like how many times do i have to prove myself over and over and over again to be taken seriously to be taken seriously and to be Mm -hmm. that goes both ways like respect is not given it's earned Mm -hmm. and if these people aren't going to respect me just because they're older than me then I'm not going to respect them either. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the mindset that I think, like, hey. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> like Allison said, like, just being a woman alone, there's a little bit of that degree of, like, proving yourself. Mm-hmm. But then when it's just, like, that added stressor, mm-hmm. then it's like, mm, no. Because HR is slightly different where there is, it's much more heavier in women in the workplace. I mean, there's lots of men and lots of women in a- HR, at least in my personal position but like now. statistically? But statistically. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that, and just speak. I mean, because I am the oldest one at this table. <laughs> but from the time that I was a much younger to now, um, I think that the steps that have been made, that, or at least like the visibility of changes that have been made in workplace cultures from that, you know, my lifespan or work, work lifespan is great. I think that there's been huge improvements. There's way more women in seniority spots. There's way more um, opportunities for moms or working moms. Um, just as far as like, you know, that no, no um, steps from like the military to int- implement a Sharps program. Like, yes, maybe it doesn't work 100% of the time, but at least... How many people, we will never know how many people having that program in effect has actually helped because, like, how do you, you know, I, I mean, yes, you could probably pull up a statistic page. I want a Google question. <laughs> However, how accurate is your statistic because not every person is, is going to report yep. or whatever. false reporting. Yes, <laughs> and there's still, there's still problems. I'm not going to discount that there's not still issues within the workforce, but... 
in just my short lifespan <laughs> of working, I can say that I have seen visible differences for sure. So definitely. I think that too with uh, pay discrepancies between men and women have come yeah. a long ways. Yeah, close the gap. Um, Closing the gap and, like you said, making these really big strides in the workplace mm-hmm. have been really great. Um, and now it's just little things that people deal with, like that um, work gap of experience. Mm-hmm. What I deal with having that age discrepancy where now these are little things, but they still matter because they affect people, you know, every single day. Right. Whereas every time I go into work, I always have to be like, I need to look as professional as possible and dress as nicely as possible because... Like, gives you that extra street cred. <laughs> yeah, not only Corporate that, but I'm cred. like, I need to walk into the room with a different level of confidence so then higher managers do take me seriously because of my age. I can mm-hmm. try to throw that out the window as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And I know not, you know, not everyone is going to discredit me for age or, you know, right. discredit other people for other reasons, but... It happens. It still happens. Yeah. Yeah. I I was an assistant manager at a K Jewelers when I was 20. And that was (laughs) an experience in itself. (laughs) I can't even imagine. Actually, I can't imagine. Little Paige in her high heels. Like, let me show you a solitaire setting. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) But also, tell everybody about the killer commissions you would earn at case. oh god the commission <laughs> you'd get commission on your own sales you'd get commission on your assistant man to this day it's probably the highest paying job i've had beside well maybe levels out to when i worked at nordstrom but yeah. you got to think uh wage and commissions that you're earning in an area like um tacoma washington right compared to the commissions you're earning in norfolk nebraska yeah your commissions could probably get a lot further in norfolk than uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. a lot further <laughs> i do have a statistic about the shark oh, I want to hear. let's do it okay so i would like to preface that 310 sexual assaults out of 1000 are reported so that's like a third a third, yep, like a one to three ratio. In um, in the Department of Defense, they saw a small increase and reported, this is from cbsnews.com, source cited. Okay. <laughs> the Department of Defense saw a small increase in reported sexual assaults in 2020, according to an annual report released Thursday. This was in May. Yeah. <laughs> the report shows 6,290 reported sexual assaults, but if that's on a scale of three... That means that, like, rough estimations, there could have been closer to, like, 18,000. If we're going, like, public ratio to military, which is wild. That is wild. Yeah. So that was just, like, a quick (laughs) divert back to the other one. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. But I wonder what it would have been prior to the implementation of the Sharps program. Right. In the military. I mean, these are all... Another. Oh, this <laughs> one. Yeah, this, this is a whole I'm sorry, different just topic. like we're going down a wormhole. But we it would be interesting. Again, back to my point of like, how far have we come? It would be interesting to say like, this is where we're at now, but this is where we used to be before we really started acknowledging that there was an issue and like acknowledging that change needed to happen going into, forward yes right yes into present do you feel like you're the youngest in your place or like where do you fall allison and um like the age range of your co-workers 
Um, so the army, everybody knows, kind of different because there's rank structures. You have the enlisted, and then you have the officers. Um, so for the enlisted, you could go as young as 18, probably, because you have to sign up when you're 18 right. with your guard and consent, what have you. Um, so they can be as young as 18, and then you have your command sergeant major who's <laughs> 42, you know, like 26 years in service. And then you have the officers, which are... Usually went to college, ROTC, or um, OCS. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be uh, around 22, 23 as a first lieutenant or a second lieutenant. Yeah, 45 years old. So in your, is it a battalion, brigade, little group, would you say you're on like that younger side or like that older side? Okay, so I'm to the younger age of the officers. Um, however, going back to kind of like ageism in the workplace, it's, it's always kind of cracks me up. Um, when a sergeant major like salutes you cause you're an officer and you just, I feel bad always cause they're like, they have 25 years in the service and they're like, good morning, ma'am. I'm like, oh, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like this uneven, like power <laughs> dynamic where you're like, "Hi, please don't." Loki embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Here I am, a young whippersnapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those guys are like, you can tell who's been in for longer than like 15 years. They all have like this same look in their eye where you're like, "Oh, you've been here for a while." <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for joining me. I was very, this is a great round table. It worked out exactly how I thought it was. So that's good for me. Thanks for having us.